What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Gavin Kaysen, an award-winning chef, founder of Soigne Hospitality Group, based out of Minneapolis. He also wrote a cookbook titled At Home, which came out appropriately timed October 22. Um, he's a recipient of two James Beers Awards and is the executive culinary producer for the 2022 reboot, reboot of Iron Chef on Netflix. This guy is the fittest chef I know. Gavin, welcome to Give an Ovation. Thank you. Happy to be here. So one of the things I, I would love to do is just kind of get inside your mind on your, your strategy and philosophy behind uh, Soigne. And by the way, for those who are listening, that's S-O-I-G-N-E with an accent grave as I... Yeah. If yeah. I if I'm thinking of my high school French correctly, yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your strategy and philosophy behind this restaurant collection and how you've been able to do such bangers restaurant after restaurant. Yeah. So you know, we we Spoon and Stable was the first one we which we've been open for eight years. Um, after Spoon and Stable, we then opened up Belcour, which we ended up closing but turned them into bakeries, and we have two, and we're opening a third, and then we went to open Demi. And then the latest one was Mara. So there's been a collection of, of restaurants that we've been able to open in the last eight years. And, you know, I, I spent uh, almost eight years working for Danielle Balud in New York City. Uh-huh. And that was my that was my PhD in this business, quite frankly. I mean, you know, we we he had five restaurants when I started with him. I think it was five only. And when I left, when I left, I believe he had 18. So to watch a company grow in eight years from five to 18, I mean, I've only gone from one to four, you know, or or I guess I have five businesses, but to see him go from five to 18 in that time frame, it really opened my eyes to understand that there, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity when you allow a tremendous amount of trust to the team that's around you. Hmm. you know, I think I think what often sets what often sets us back, and I and I will admit it even sets me back at times. Is that you know growth doesn't always have to be an acceleration of opening more stores. For some people, growth is an acceleration of how do I make what I have individually perfect or as best as I can make it, or how do yeah. I make two things that I have the best that I can make it. And for for other people, growth is how do I have how do I make how do I turn one store into twenty stores. And what does that look like? And that growth can be different, but but they both rely on you to trust the people that you have surrounded yourself with. Now, in doing that, you have to come to the, re- the realization that the reason you've surrounded yourself by those people is because they're better at what they do than you are. <laughs> and so you can't yeah. do your job and, and, and th- they can't necessarily do your job, but there's an opportunity to take a step back and say, okay. Erin's our director of communications. She does that better than anybody I know. I'm not going to step on her toes. In fact, I'm going to sit in the meetings because I'm going to actually learn something. And so another tool that I that I really focus on and I and I think a lot about is curiosity. You know, I mean, one yeah. of the things that we 
you know, it's, it's funny, right? So I have three kids. I have an eight month old, I have an 11 year old and I have a 13 year old. So I have a huge span of, of, of difference of ages, but you know, it's like, I watch my eight, my eight month old who has absolutely nothing in front of him except curiosity. What yeah. is that chair leg? What is a wheel? What, why is the sun shining that way? You know, I mean, of course he's not saying any of this, but like you can tell in his mind and you can see in his eyes, just like this sense of discovery. Yeah. And at some point in our life, like we kind of lose a little bit of that discovery because I don't know, ego, maybe I'm not sure exactly what it is, but we need to show people that we know everything. And I think growth comes with admitting you don't know everything. And that's kind of how you end up growing. I love that idea of curiosity, you know, and, and trust. We had Stephen M. R. Covey on the podcast a few months back and uh, talking about his new book, Trust and Inspire. Yeah. And I think that kind of what you're talking about is one, it is in a very real sense, trusting people. And uh, it's, it's challenging to trust them. I mean, literally today I was just uh, at lunch with one of my reports and talking about how uh, hard it is to trust people on his team for him, because it's like, well, if they're not dependable, well, okay, well, trust is about establishing that iron core of this is who we are. Here are the things that matter most to me. And then allowing people the flexibility to work around that core uh, and, and in the execution of things it may look different than how you do it. But if it's still aligned with that core, let it go. It's okay. Right? I agree. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think there's also this, this, this thought process that if, if I trust somebody else to do it and they do it wrong, it's a reflection on me. And, and while that's true, while that can be true, like I often realize like there are things that I do that are wrong and my team is there to catch me when I'm wrong and help, help make the wrong right. Yeah. So rather than me being worried about me being wrong, shouldn't I be the one, shouldn't I then be the one to turn around and catch them when they're wrong or if they fail at something, right. And to help yeah. them back up. That's ultimately that responsibility. And when I, you know, when I worked for Danielle, I really felt sort of that safety net around me that if I was going to attempt something or try a new dish or whatever it might be, if I were, if I were to fail at that, I would have a safety net that I could fall into and I'd feel comfortable with that fall. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is in reading through your bio, you've done a lot of really cool things. And I think that probably something that comes up and uh, in small talk and uh, like the bar, if someone were to come up to you and ask you a question, a lot of people probably wonder about Netflix, you yeah. know, because that's something that's a really like you don't you don't hear about that a lot of, of people doing that. So one of the things I want to ask you, Gavin, is like, what was something that surprised you about working on the Iron Chef reboot? Like, you know, obviously you've seen a lot of curveballs in the restaurant, but this is like a whole new flavor added to restaurants, which is throwing in entertainment on that. Uh, what, yeah. what do you think? What's something that surprised you? Well, so Aton Keller was the executive is the executive producer of the show. And so I've known Aton for many, many years. And he reached out and asked if I would be a part of the show with him uh, and help produce on the culinary side. And so, you know, I think I think what what surprised me was the amount of freedom I had to dream up of the comp competition. So oh, cool. one of my responsibilities was to help dream up what the what the secret ingredient was and and sort of the structure of what that episode would look like in terms of competition. There were there was Aton and 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 well there was a handful of people that we would all sit down and we would talk about these together but 
it was pretty it was pretty inspiring to talk about items and say like oh well we wanted to use sturgeon so where are we going to get live sturgeon from and just it's sort of like sitting down in a room with somebody and them saying to you dream up anything you can possibly dream up the last word you're going to hear is no or that it can't be done <laughs> talk so, about trust right yeah and in some ways like not having any boundary not have en- not having any box it's almost harder because you're yeah. so you're so used to going into a room and saying like okay here's here's where we can go this is our box this is where you you can't go in or out of this and so at least you can like sort of navigate through but this was like whatever you want to do dream it up and and, and Nepalese uh, monkey brain that yeah. is what yeah. <laughs> like it's not going to be met with no it's going to be met with you know why why is it why does that make sense and so it was a lot of fun it was it was a lot of fun to dream up the competition it was a lot of fun to to dream up with the iron chefs and the competitors and and then to watch it all come together. I mean, to me, that was probably the most inspiring thing is, you know, when I flew out to LA and I watched, I watched a couple of the episodes get filmed and sitting back in the control room and watching 90 screens at the same time, just like flashing everywhere. And, you know, Aton sort of just like directing traffic. It was nuts. I mean, I thought my business was tough. That looks crazy. (laughs) That is so cool. And, you know, I love that idea. Again, this is kind of getting back to like the, the trust and the curiosity. It's like, you know, one of our values innovation is default to how. Because just because someone has a bad idea, doesn't mean that uh, it's coming from a bad place. Maybe right. when you layer on different context or when you have a discussion about it, it turns out that the root reason for that idea is really good. And if you instantly shoot down people's ideas, even if they're really dumb ideas, then what you're doing is you're signaling to them that next idea you have that is going to be really, really good and could be business changing. You're not, I don't want you to share that, yeah. right? Yeah. And so by creating that open environment, it allows for that, that movement of, of creativity, which I think is, is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really, really valuable point. I think, you know, being able to be open to what those ideas can be, can be very powerful. And speaking of creativity, the cookbook, I mean, yeah. I've written a book and it takes a lot of time. I couldn't imagine doing a cookbook on top of this. And, you know, during the pandemic, you had the the re-rise of uh, Jacques Papin and cooking at home and, yeah. you know, things like that, that were super fun to watch. I mean, all, my, my kids, my two-year-old at the time knew who Jacques Papin was and awesome. she would ask for to watch Jacques Papin videos, right? Um, so appropriately named at home, your, your cookbook, what inspired that? And talking about the creativity, like what was one of the challenges that you faced in, in publishing that? So we created so we created a series called GK at Home, which were these video tutorials during COVID. Uh, and the reason we started that, a couple of a couple of my colleagues came to me and said, we need to find a way to really connect with our guests. I mean, you know, unfortunately, pre-COVID, I mean, connecting with our guests meant inside of our four walls of the restaurant. And now when COVID hit, it meant we 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 lost all that and we lost it quickly. And so we didn't know how to connect with people in this way. So our first class ended up being a paella class. We, we were teaching paella. Yeah, I think there was like 100 or 150 people on that class. I forgot an ingredient. Somebody called me out. I'm like, listen, get over yourself. It's fine. We're just cooking at home. <laughs> um, the second class, we had, you know, three, four, 500 people. The third class, no we way. had people. And it just Whoa. kept growing. And so what we learned was, is we learned that people really wanted that community. They wanted to be able to cook together. They wanted the place to communicate that to, to one another and what we were getting as a result is we were getting real-time feedback on these recipes. 
You know, were we communicating the recipes correctly? You know, I'm a chef, so I'm talking to my cooks maybe a little bit differently than I'm talking to, you know, my mom or my wife in the kitchen. And so, <laughs> you know, and how I'm explaining the recipes, how I'm adding, how I'm explaining to add salt or whatever it might be. So we get done with all these classes and the restaurants kind of reopen and we have 70 recipes that have basically been tested on people with people. I mean, they're cooking with me. So I'm getting real time feedback on it. And we said, now what are we going to do with all these recipes? And so we decided to write the at-home cookbook. The biggest challenge, uh, and and we knew it going into it, is that we self-published the cookbook. So we didn't go out and write a proposal. We didn't go out and sell it to a publisher. We didn't do anything like that. We we wrote it all ourselves. We did the we had we hired a photographer who she used to work for us. Um, we had a designer who designed the book. We got everything printed locally by by locally that means in Canada versus overseas in Asia. Uh-huh. Uh, and and we found a a fulfillment company ten minutes from the restaurant in Golden Valley, Minnesota, that would receive all of the cookbooks. I could go down there. I could sign thousands of cookbooks, and then they would ship them all out the next day. And so the wow. biggest challenge was figuring out those logistics. I mean, we had no idea how to do any of it before saying, yes, let's write a cookbook. I love that ability of just like bringing in these raw ingredients and creating a cookbook, creating a show, creating a restaurant, a hospitality group, a dish like that, that ability to create, I think is just something that is so divinely innate, right? This human desire to create and, and be it a painting, a dish, a, a show, um, we're put on earth to make things, to build things, to build value. And I think it's, it's really inspiring when you see other people doing that. So way to go, man. Awesome. Thanks. So what do you think is one of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays? So the word restaurant comes from the word restoration and, 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 and the main, the main word is to be restored. Now, as a culture, we've been trained to go out to eat and, and walk away from a restaurant experience and rate the experience. You know, and, and you see that in every reservation you make. You walk out of the restaurant, 30 minutes later, you get an automatic email from X reservation company that says, rate your experience one through five, one through 10. If we went out to eat and we said to ourselves prior to that dinner, I'm not going to rate my dinner tonight. I'm going to find restoration through my dinner tonight. How different would that experience be for us? Oh, yeah. And what would that what would that mean? And 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 how could we walk away from that dining experience with a with an intentional set? Um, of of restorative feeling. So I think what is missing is 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 that. I think I think we we go into our dining experiences trying to rate it. We go into our dining experiences trying to see what's new and what's fresh, but yet never looking back as to the reason that new and fresh is here is because what started this out was the restaurant down the street that's been there for 35 years. Um, and so, you know, I, I always try to encourage myself and the people around me, you know, remember who came before us and why that's important. Um, and, and give, not only give credit to those people, um, but support them and go out to eat in their restaurants and find those little, those little nooks that have been around in your neighborhood for 20 years or 15 years. You've just never been to it because it's always been there and go inside and see what it's all about and and understand why it's been there for that long. Because, there is for sure a reason. Um, and, and there's a powerful reason to why it's there. But just because it's not in the newspaper or the magazine doesn't mean it's not worth it. How powerful is that? I love that concept. I've never really broke it down like that. But the, but really, if let's pivot as guests and pivot to provide that experience of 
not going in to be critical and be filled, but going in to be grateful and to be fulfilled, right? And exactly. I think that that really shifts the focus of what are we providing for the guests and then what are the guests expecting? And uh, like you go into an art museum and I'm not looking for the one brushstroke that's wrong in Rembrandt's The Night Watch. I'm taking a step back and just soaking it in and being like, wow, this is beautiful. Exactly. And what is food if not art that we eat? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're able to walk into that museum and and feel restored and feel fulfilled and feel inspired. But you you've done that because you've set that intention to do that. Yeah. And and you know, I think setting that intention uh to when you go out to eat is also really important. I mean, for years. People ask me every people ask me all the time, what's your favorite restaurant you've eaten at? I have no idea. I can tell you who I ate with and I can <laughs> tell you where it was because uh -huh. those were the restaurants that made me really fulfilled and very really restored. You know, there was there's a restaurant in Santiago, Chile called Butarga. And I and 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 I was I went and ate there. It was amazing. But it was amazing because I intentionally set out the goal to say, like, find restoration through this meal tonight. You know, don't yeah. go in and nitpick everything and 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 think through why the dish is this way or that way, whatever. You know, it's like just go in and enjoy it. I love that. Man, what what a better world this would be if if we took that perspective on everything, right? For sure. Um, so what are some successful pulling out an arrow from the quiver of uh Gavin? What are some successful tactics that you've seen uh work lately? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always a goal setter. I always have been, I've always been a person that likes to journal and write a lot. Um, and I, you know, I do that for a lot of reasons. I do it for one, for, for being able to look back and read what I thought was a struggle when I was maybe 25. And I look back and read it today. And I think, well, that, that really wasn't that hard to get through. Um, <laughs> or, you know, there was yesterday's hills are like, you know, yeah. yesterday's mountains are like today's hills, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a letter that I wrote to myself years ago of like the future, like, what are you going to run into? You know, so I like to spend a lot of time journaling and setting and setting goals. And I think, you know, I'm a believer in, in, in once you sort of put it out there, you know, it's, it, it, there, there will, there will create an opportunity for you to, to, to achieve it. Um, but you still got to look for it. You still got to earn it. You still got to go after it. And it takes a lot of hard work. You know, this, this is a really, people often say that this is a very tough business and it is a very tough business, but it, it's tough because it changes every single day. It's tough because there, there's, there's sort of no, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason as to why a restaurant is really busy or when it slows down or whatever mm -hmm. it is. You know, you really have to look at different, I was just talking to my private dining room director and I said to her, Hey, just keep in mind five weeks from now, spring break is going to hit Minnesota and we're going to have three weeks of really weird pockets of business because you have different schools and counties going on spring break. And that will affect our private dining business because businesses won't take their companies out to eat because the CEO or the CFO is on vacation with their family. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's just trying to figure out all of those little things. So setting goals, setting expectations. Um, creating accountability for the team and for yourself, I think are really, really important. Um, and also taking a step back when you have a win and celebrating it. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think sometimes we've been conditioned. Um, we, you know, if you, if you watch sports and you listen to athletes, you're conditioned to hear them say, I'm going to celebrate the win tonight. And then tomorrow I'm not going to care about it. It's not true. <laughs> 
I cook for pro athletes. I don't think that that actually happens. You know, I mean, I think they celebrate the win a little bit longer. And I think we should celebrate our wins a little bit longer because you don't know when that next win is always going to hit. Yep. Amen. Hey, shoot. I, I still, uh, you know, my, my dad, when he pulls out his Super Bowl rings, I mean, there's a little bit of celebration every time we look at those because it's like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, now, who is someone that you think deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that, that we should be following? There's so, I mean, there's so many great people. You know, there there is um, somebody locally here. Her name is Allison Arth, and she has a company called Salt and Row, and she helped she helped us open our restaurants. I've known Allison for a long time, but what she does in the restaurant business has often not been celebrated, but should be. And she helps she helps coach people. She's a personal coach. She's a professional coach. Um, she's behind the scenes helping um, people create the words of the year that they want to focus on and why they want to focus on it uh, and, and, and creating goals and structure and accountability and all of those things. And I think that there, there's a lot to be said in our profession where we take care of thousands of people every single week and we don't know a lot of them. You know, and, and, and when you go home and you're not, you're not really taking care of yourself or the people around you, uh, you know, that's really important, you know? So it's like the sign on behind you that says, what's, what is most important today? I mean, that's important. It's important every day to take care of yourself and take care of the people that are, that you've surrounded yourself with and by. Um, and, and I think I, you know, I, I, I really respect that. Allison Arth, that's one L one S and then A R T H. I'm going to, we got to, we got to get her on this podcast. Um, and then Gavin, I know that, you know, your team sent me over a bunch of the, the restaurant, um, handles that we'll add into the show notes, but how do people find and follow you? So I'm at Gavin Kaysen, uh, which is pretty simple on Instagram and on Twitter. So I'm there. And then all the restaurant handles, like you said, you'll put on, you'll put on the website so they can, they can click on those. Awesome. Well, Gavin, for bringing your award-winning insights and for restoring us on this podcast, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Given Ovation. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.